today's opening quote is, a good traveller has no fixed plans and is not intent on arriving. I think that's me. Lao Tzu. What's up, good people? This is a, another episode of the Hot Foot Bones podcast with me, your host, Sharon Harris. How are you? I hope you're all well. Um, it's another warm day in Ellsbury. I've taken myself to the park and uh, hold on. I've got a new headset. Cool. So I've got a new headset. I haven't tested it. Well, I did a quick test. I wasn't super cool with the volume. So, I might need to do a, a part way, the volume probably will change, I'm so sorry, but um, I haven't got another headset with me, so I'm in the park, aren't I, so I didn't bring two, I mean, let me make sure I picked up my belongings, yep, I did, anywho, so, season three is underway, people, uh, I have a number of interviews that I have pre-recorded a little while ago, and I'm going to be sharing, with the, sharing them with you in the coming weeks. And then obviously, then I'm just going to keep sharing interviews until there's more episodes that are all about me, you know. So, uh, today's episode is Ask a PR Person. I, uh, I had an interview with a lady named Frances. It's kind of six degrees of separation how we met. And uh, she works in travel PR. So this episode is quite geared towards those who might be uh, traveling and maybe trying to monetize or maximize their traveling experience. And then also, it's just a good episode. It's a good interview. I really enjoyed the conversation. So irrespective of what you're doing or not doing, it's still worth listening to. Okay, so yeah, it's quite windy today. And uh, what else is going to be going on? The usual. What have I been up to? Joke of the week. Shout outs. You know, just that stuff. So stay tuned. I don't know why I'm out of breath. I'm not even going anywhere. But I'm, well, I'm moving as I'm speaking. But I've got, I feel like I'm out of path. What the hell? Let me just get the joke of the week out of the way from now. Yeah, so joke of the week. In fact, there's two of them. (laughs) So, first joke. I have finally bought myself a new phone. But I was not going to buy myself a new phone. This is actually a brand new phone, which is a big deal for me. Because my last two, maybe three phones, were just the donations from from the beloved friends. (laughs) Anyway, one day... Not that long ago, like last week, as in seven days before you hear this episode, right? I've got about my merry way, you know, put my phone in a bag, go out the road, blah, blah, blah. I get back indoors. There's like a big white, white streak down the phone screen. I hadn't dropped the phone or anything. I'm like, oh, shit. You know when you're TV, this is old TV, old, old TV had that shit with the tubes about to disappear on it on the screen that is how the phone was i thought oh fuck i need to start backing up my shit from now so i spent the whole evening backing up stuff backing up stuff trying to clear the phone clear the phone and slowly throughout that day 
there was like almost like a bruise mark on the screen if you can imagine so you've got the white streak and then there's like a little bruise mark and that bruise mark got bigger and bigger and bigger and then the bruise just turned into it looked like somebody took the phone and just started pouring black ink in it by the time I woke up the next day there was no screen the whole screen was just black turn the phone on it's on can't see shit turn the phone off looks just like it did when I turned it on turned it off nothing so I managed to salvage like pictures audio and yeah pictures video audio and stuff like that and then I realized fuck I had a ton of written notes on my phone because you know that's what Levi's like to do write notes shit lost all of those so not happy bunny about that so the phone switches on and switches off there just isn't any screen so i got myself a new phone um clearly i'm ebenezer scrooge in this life now i'm not ebenezer scrooge i just don't see the need to spend iphone 10 money on a phone i just don't see it personally but you know anyway i bought myself a new Samsung because I've always been a Samsung person so I bought a Samsung A40 uh, that's just their new range of budget phones apparently well not budget low cost anyway it takes really good pictures battery life's a bit shit and oh there's seats battery life's a bit shit but you know it's a phone man it's all right. I had a Galaxy S5. And that Galaxy S5, I think I had it for about a year and a half. And the wonderful brethren of mine who gave it to me, I believe that they had had it also for a year and a half prior. So it got three years of life out of it. So, you know, it's all jiggy. Anyway, so new phone. So, um, and I put a different headset in. Because I was just eager beaver to get a new set of headphones. So I bought a new set of headphones before I got the phone. And then I put the old headphone in the new phone. Don't know if that's really going to work out well for me. But we'll find out. Ah, uh, tits. There's wind. Okay. Might need to go indoors. Shit, outdoor recording has been thwarted by wind. Damn it. Okay. Alright, the wind has passed. Let me make them, I know what's going to happen, I'm going to go indoors and I'm going to procrastinate and then I'm not going to get back to recording duties and then it's like another X number of weeks to pass, I'm not doing that. Anyway, so I'll just keep moving. So what was joke number two? Joke number two. So, I got the new phone and most of my contacts transferred over, but not all of them. So there's a whole lot of contacts that didn't transfer over, um, some numbers that were blocked came unblocked if that makes sense sorry i had to go anyway yeah some numbers that were blocked came over unblocked and anyway cutting a long story short i am in one cafe trying to fiddle with the new phone I don't do good with instructions. Or oh, I said I said I don't read instructions. 
I'm very much just do it and get it done kind of person. So anyway, now working through the phone, phone, and I ended up missing two calls. So I'm like, I don't recognise those numbers. Fuck it. If it was important, they would have sent me a message or left a voicemail. They didn't do that. So anyway, third time now, the phone rings. And I said, all right, let's pick it up. I don't recognise the number. But like I said, not all the numbers transferred over. Anyway, pick up the phone. And I said, oh, hi. Yeah, yeah. It's Eugene. Okay. Um, it's Sharon, isn't it? Bruv, you're calling me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remind me where I know you from again. Um, bruv, you're calling me. Who are you? He's like, yeah. Fucking hell, man. I know you, you know, but, like, I'm trying to remember where I know you from. Like, there's, like, like, it's, like, two Sharons in my phone, yeah? And, um, I'm just trying to remember which one am I supposed to be calling. Well, clearly it's not me, yeah? Take care, have a good day. Yeah, yeah, but, but hold on, hold on, hold on. But you live in the West, innit? I think you've got the wrong number. Or the wrong person. He's like, oh, fuck it, man. I'm trying to remember, you know. I'm trying, you know what? I said, listen, I'm kind of in the middle of something at the moment. So he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool, cool, cool. No worries. Oh, fuck it. I'm out. Call you later, though, yeah? You You know I blocked that shit. You know I blocked that shit. One of the many numbers that was probably supposed to already have been blocked. Yes, I do remember him from a very, very, very long time ago. Maybe five years. Maybe ten. We met somewhere. I can't remember quite where. But we met somewhere. Some event or something. We swapped numbers. And then after a couple of conversations that really didn't go nowhere. Oh, because the joke he was telling me, like, oh, yeah. I went jail, innit? And then, like, I lost my numbers and thing. I'm all right. What's that got to do with me, dude? He's like, yeah, um, just trying to remember where I know you from. I'm like, all right, then. Take care. Have a good week. Yeah, that was the end of that, man. So yeah, there's there's a reason he's blocked. So he's blocked, isn't he? That was the end of that, really. See, I still don't know how to operate this phone, so I'm recording, right? And then the screen goes blank. But then I don't know how to open the screen. Then I've always got to press the power button or some shit. Oh, anyway. been up to people all right I've been having a little bit of a panic no not panic a little bit of a what do you call it I don't even know maybe it's panic I don't know I don't really panic much you see so I don't I don't really know how to recognize panic but um, I've been going through basically I'm planning my next trip Probably by the time you hear the next podcast. Uh, no, not the next one. Be the one after that. I'll be recording from somewhere else. Now, I'm not going to say where I'm going or when I'm going or how long I'm going for just yet. I'll, I'll share that with you when I'm there. Um, because I've been trying to still get my head around it all. 
and it's all a bit, I don't know, I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. And the frustrating thing is, like, when you are, when you do things that, that other people are not doing, sometimes when you try to share it, like, you know what, I'm still your friend, you know, and I'm still human. Like, I'm having a bit of a moment where, fuck, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. People are like, yeah, man, but you're a dakadan. You're a hero. You know how to do this shit. You know, I'm like, um, actually, I'm having a moment where I don't really feel like that person. And I don't know what I'm doing. And I am feeling quite scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, you can do it. Yeah, yeah, but, like, I, this is how I feel. Yeah, I get it, man. You're cool. Don't watch that. Peace and love. See you soon, yeah? Bye. Okay. I need to get myself a coach. I really do need to get myself a coach. I suppose that's not just me. I think that's to anybody who's doing something that if the people in your circle are not doing, um, I suppose they just don't know really how to. Excuse me, I've got the spits for some reason. Probably because I haven't eaten yet. It's like nearly three o'clock in the afternoon. What time is it? Three o'clock in the afternoon. I haven't eaten from morning. That is not like me. But um, of late. I've got the wickedest wind. Seriously, don't walk nowhere near me, boy. I'm farting like an old lady. <laughs> it's got bass line and reverb and everything. And it sticks. So, I need to stop eating whatever it is I'm eating. I, got, I discovered these really nice veggie sausages the other day. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I had them before. Um, they're a brand called Heck, H-E-C-K. And they make like different veggie sausages. I'm thinking that they might be them. It might be them. All right, the wind is back. Yeah, the wind is back. Yeah, anyway, I think it might be them giving me the wind. So anyway, what was I saying? Sometimes when you walk the path, you walk the road, that somebody else hasn't traveled before, the wind comes to mash up your ting. <laughs> the wind comes to mash up your ting. Wait a minute, let me just, let me just pause this recording. Anyway, wind came to mash up my things. So I had to come indoors. So I'm indoors now. And I can't remember what I was saying. But yeah, I hope that you can hear the other section, the other part of what I was going on about. I was sharing something quite important, but <laughs> the wind came. So anyway, uh, what else have I been up to? I went to a recruitment fair, specifically in the cruise industry. And... Um, Okay, ignore me. Anyway, yeah, so, uh, what was I saying? I went to a cruise fair recently, and, um, because for this round of my travels, I really, really need to be working. So, I've been looking for work kind of internationally and to work remotely before I even came back and since I've been back and for whatever reason I haven't hit the nail on the head just yet. Anyway, went to this cruise recruitment fair. Uh, it was quite busy. It was in um, it was in the business design centre in Islington. It was quite busy. I was surprised at how packed it was but then I realised it's June and students are out and 
and they were looking for work. Although, yeah, there were students there, but there was obviously a lot of non-students who were also looking for work. A lot of people had worked on a cruise ship before, so their cruise contract had come to an end, and now they're looking for a new new contract, because I spoke to people. You know, I was fast like that, trying to figure out what are they doing there. So, I... My kind of nine to five background has been within human resources and within project management. So I was looking for work in that arena and shit that just reminds me of something I'm supposed to do. Yes, anyway, I was looking for work in that arena and I went to a few talks, blah, 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 I spoke to a few people and I've been sending my CV around post-event. Now, I ended up in, because the queues for every stand was super long, and the Carnival Cruise, Carnival Cruise stand had a huge cruise, so I ended up going to their stand literally as I was about to leave. So I'm in the long queue, and the lady comes up to me and says, oh, you know, what kind of work are you looking for? I told her, my background is human resources project manager. She's like, oh, okay. So we stepped to the side and we got chatting, and she was asking me a few questions my experience, wherever I worked, blah, 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 asked me if I had my CV with me, no, I did not have my CV with me, believe it or not, I've been to a gazillion recruitment fairs and I did not have my CV with me, uh, I had some issues printing it, so I ended up going without one, I'm like, I've got it electronically, I can email it to you now, so I ended up emailing, emailing it to her just after our conversation, we had a conversation and she offered me a job interview for the next day. No, wow. Job interview came and it was quite a good interview actually. Um, I did, she gave me the pack at the event, had a look at the job description, it was quite detailed. Um, most of it I had done before, it was a senior role, it was, um, it was for the director of human resources for Carnival Cruises on one of the ships. So the ships sail out of the States, it's an American company, they sail out of the US and they sail around the Caribbean. They've actually got some ships in Australia at the moment as well. So at the moment, it's the US and Caribbean. So it was a step up for me um, in a director position. The role would be working um, second to the ship captain. So it's a big step up, obviously, as human resources, I'd be taking care of human resources for about 1,500 staff, which is a lot more than I've done before. So, anyway, I had the interview. I thought the interview went well. I did think that they didn't... I didn't find it as intense. Excuse me. I have a little bit of itis sitting, and I came back in because the wind was crazy, and then I had a little, I had a little eats, a cup of tea, and some chocolate biscuits some toast not that that should give me itis but it probably will give me wind and some cherries Ooh, I had some cherries anyway so I had the interview and the as I said the job description is quite detailed it's quite intense and it's quite a senior role I didn't feel that her questions focused on that personally her stuff was quite generic general cool I'm gonna answer the questions you asked me I can't answer anything else so I'm feeling good um I 
it's a couple of months before the role starts so we interview in June the role's not likely to start till September because I've got to do visa checks uh, police checks references medical anywho few in the interview she says oh you know no matter what happens I'd really like to recommend you for another role and I'm like okay she goes oh yeah we've got a role for an entertainment director and I really think that would be right up your street just meeting with you she's like you know I don't know what you're if you've got any other background but I just meet with you I think it would really suit you I'm like yeah she goes oh do you mind if I put you forward I'm like absolutely put me forward that sounds so cool anyway um few days passed after the interview I got an email saying that I was unsuccessful for the human resources role so I was a bit disappointed I was a bit disappointed um but she stuck to her word and had recommended me for the entertainment director post and I had an online video interview which was kind of strange I've never done one of those before but um yeah, so I've submitted that, so it's a wait and see regarding the entertainment director post. I definitely will let you know what the outcome is, because um, I've already had the interview, so, you know, I'll let you know. So anyway, I've got feedback for the HR job. As I said, the job description was quite detailed. However, the questions didn't reflect the job description. That was that was definitely my takeaway, even in the interview. I thought mm, these questions seem a little bit generic, but the job description is very detailed. I'm wondering why, and that's my HR hat. HR hat. But anyway, sh- the feedback was saying that basically my skill set did not meet the job description in its entirety, even though I do have strong transferable skills so you know it's just one of those things it's cool I mean I actually want to move away from nine to five desk work anyway but I thought it was a good opportunity to kind of marry two things together um but say lovey it wasn't meant to be so I'll let you know about the entertainment post so what else I've been up to like I said I'm getting ready for the next leg of the travels so, in fact, I've just come back to do some packing. I was packing before recording. I'm just organising my belongings and stuff. So, yeah, uh, I'm just packing today. And, uh, yeah, I must tell you about um, this conversation that I had a little while ago. So, um, a, little while ago, a little while ago, I had a conversation with one of my work colleagues when I was at work and um, he'd been asking me about my travels and stuff and you know he's like I'm really I find it really interesting you know what you've been doing and one thing I definitely have noticed and I will definitely admit to this I think I have uh, how do I put it I think I've downplayed that which I've already done definitely would say that I definitely I would definitely agree to that um not intentionally but I watched I don't know if you're into Renee Brown at all there's a she's like a psychologist researcher she researches stuff she's got one of the most watched TED talks 
ever on shame and that's kind of like her bag in fact I'm about to watch her Netflix special for the like fifth time because I think it's amazing but yeah so I've watched her Netflix special Brené Brown if you've got Netflix just put in Brené Brown I forgot what the special's called but she talks about engineering smallness definitely need to rewatch that shit today she talks about engineering smallness and how we minimise ourselves at times and one of the things she says she said if in her own life I spent so much time chasing the big things chasing that next big thing that I didn't honour the little things that I'd already done and I was like shit that's a word and actually I've done some big things it's not a little things I've done many big things and I haven't really honoured that in its entirety in, in, its, in, uh, in its entirety and so I was having this conversation a little while back before I watched Brené Brown and we was talking and my colleague was like yeah so how did the travelling thing come about like just like how did that come about and I'm like just came about in it he's like nah like for real didn't you grow up in Kilburn so I grew up in a place in a place called South Kilburn not all of my listeners are from London in fact I looked up my statistics for my podcast and 80% of my listeners are from the USA London people what are you doing slipping man it's not even 20% come from London it's actually 10 from the UK but anyway and I probably know all 10 of them but anyway so I um, grew up in a place called South Kilburn. Uh, it's uh, social housing, the projects, the hood, some people will call it. And I didn't know it was the hood when I was growing up. I knew it was the hood when I left though. I didn't realize it was the hood until I was like 24 when I left. Excuse me. I've eaten so now I have milk juice. So, um, yeah, so I grew up there. I am the only girl. I have an older brother and a younger brother. So, the first, so people around me, one of the things that have come up in the conversation is like, well, who was traveling? So I've said this before, one of my favorite programs is a travel show called I Wish You Were Here. And it had like these older middle-class white people um, kind of introducing people to the world of travel, cruises and places like the Algarve and Italy and just other parts of the world that I, I had never been to. So it's my favourite programme as a child on BBC and it was kind of like your typical white middle class BBC programme where holidays were stupidly expensive but you know I loved watching it and I'm like that's going to be me. I'm going to be Judith Chalmers the old white lady introducing the show because I'm going to have my own travel show and I'm also going to be in the show travelling because that's what I do. I was like, something I always wanted to do. So, um, so he was saying to me, yeah, but who around you was really travelling? And I said, nobody travelled. Nobody went nowhere. Like, occasionally somebody might you know, then, you know, because obviously everyone where, where I grew up, people were predominantly, black people were predominantly Caribbean, few Africans, few West Africans, and then white people were from Ireland, if they wasn't English, but actually they were mainly Irish, a couple of Scottish, 
no fancy Europeans. So occasionally somebody's gone home. So occasionally someone's gone to some part of the Caribbean with their family. Occasionally someone's gone to Ireland with their families. And most of the English people kind of just went to outside of the city, seaside towns and stuff, stuff like that. But most people on a regular basis were not going anywhere when I was a child. That was not a common thing. Like if somebody went on a holiday this year, they ain't going nowhere for a long time. Then after. So anyway, I tell him that the first trip, the first time I ever went on a plane, I was 10 years old, I went to the Bahamas. And you know, so then I just started talking about it. He's like, hold on, hold on a second. Hold on a second. The first time you ever went on an airplane, you went to the Bahamas. I said, yeah, he's like, hold on a second, you need to pause. Why are you talking over it like it ain't no thing? He said, that's a big deal. And I was like, it is, you know. And I did not know that. I did not see that as a big deal. I was going to the Bahamas with the one person to this day. I ha- I know no Bahamians, but this person, one of my childhood friends, uh, one of my oldest friends as well. We grew up together in the hood. <laughs> and... Um, her mom, God rest her soul, we miss you so much, Jokes. She is Bahamian, right? And the only Bahamian I ever known. So uh, she was taking her kids to the Bahamas for one summer to go and see the family. They'd already been before. And her oldest daughter had lived out there when she was much younger. So it was like no thing to them. They were obviously going to see their family. So I was invited to go, go with them. So her mum and my mum were good friends. So she should she asked my mum if Chan could come with us. And he was like, yeah man, cool, take it. So some of my mum was very quick to let me go. So anyway, um, that's a whole nother story. But uh, so yeah, um, I went to the Bahamas for the whole of the summer holiday. So that was about six weeks. I found my even go for eight weeks. It was, it was a long ass trip. So I was 10 years old when I went to the Bahamas. Was I nine and then I celebrated my 10th birthday? I think I was nine and celebrated my 10th birthday. Yeah, I think that was it. Anywho, I, um, what was I saying? So yeah, and then that year, I think it was my, yeah, it was my 10th birthday, double figures. So my mum's uncle, he sent me a hundred US dollars for my 10th birthday, which to me at the time was a big deal. I mean, it was a hundred dollars. I'm like, a hundred dollars, hundred pounds, that's big money. So for my birthday, I got a hundred dollars and my mom's like, well, shit. All I got to do is find a flight. Found a flight. I don't have to do nothing else. You got your little clothes, pack your suitcase, hundred dollars from your uncle. You are good to go, bye. So I went to the Bahamas for the summer, and that was my first time ever on an airplane. It was my first international travel. And I was talking about that with my work colleague, and he was like, Sharon, that's a big deal for a 10-year-old from South Kilburn to just be packing up to go to the Bahamas as a child. And I was like, I never even thought of it like that. But when he was repeating it back to me, and he was so like, 
sure, and he's, you know, he's a grown man, he's like in his 50s, so he's like, Sharon, this is a big deal, you know, this ain't a look a thing. And I was like, wow, I never looked at it like that. I should really honour it more. So that was the first time I'd ever been anywhere. So we were having this conversation. And I said, um, yeah, my mum let me go. And uh, it, they're my friends. So I went, obviously my brothers didn't go. He's like, you know, your brothers have never let that go. And I was like, <laughs> you are so right about that. Definitely, definitely have not let that go. That's awkward. So, I'll give my mum credit. She would always allow us to go on trips and stuff. School trips, play centre, community trips, church trips, trips with friends and stuff. She was always working, so it's better that, for her, I guess she's thinking it was better that I send you than I don't need to think about you. That's usually taken in both ways, but but in a sense of, I don't need to, you know, you can go on a trip, all of you can go on your trips because it's better that you're, you're, you're doing something than not doing something, being out a road or just being cooped up in the house, trying to eat me out of house and home. So that, I kind of saw it like that really, but at the same time, yeah, it's a big thing. It's a big thing actually, so yeah. I just wanted to, to mention that. So yeah, when I was watching the Brené Brown special, she talks about that how we are so busy chasing these big things that these golden moments or these moments of achievements that we've already done we don't honor them so yeah taking the moment to honor my sheep so uh yeah and then the second trip i went on after that i think i was 13 and then that was the first time i went to jamaica so what was um, interesting about the trip to the Bahamas the first time, because I've been twice to the Bahamas. I went when I was 10, and then I went again when I was 15. 15, and I celebrated my 16th birthday. And we went to the same place, so at the time we went to this little island, because Bahamas is made up of seven islands. There's more than several, actually. Islands. So this little island that we went to was called Bimini. And you had to fly into Miami and take like a a seaplane from Miami to Bimini called Chalks. And that seaplane might be 20 minutes, half an hour. So we did that. And then when we got to Bimini, so I'm coming from the big city, concrete everywhere. And then we land in this little island. And the island's probably, I don't know, 15 miles long, if that. I don't know, if that. Literally, it had two roads, top road, bottom road. (laughs) And the end of the island was the airport. And the other end of the island was the white gate. That was it. That was literally it. And it was about two roads. And so everybody on the island's related. But it was like a wonderful, adventurous experience where we were doing a lot of raving, though there was only one club to rave at. And I'm young, right? So we're just going out and just doing mad shit and just meeting new people. And it was cool. And then obviously going at 15 was way better. Much, much better. I think 10 was a bit different. Um, 
it was a little bit of raving but obviously we were still kids so it was a lot more kind of hanging out and eating a lot of hanging out and eating going to the beach eating hanging out and eating and so going at 15 was different because back then we were like seasoned ravers seasoned drinkers meeting new man friends all of that stuff so it was kind of it was much it was a different experience when I went at 10 when was the hurricane hurricane must have been when I was 15 yes I was in my first hurricane no it was when I was 15 yeah it was definitely when I was 15 okay so it wasn't when I went on my first trip okay so there was a hurricane when I went back when I was 15 and I actually slept through the whole thing. I slept through a hurricane. And I slept because, well, a hurricane, there ain't nothing you can do about that. There's nothing that you can do about a hurricane. This house that we were in was barely boarded up. Literally. I don't, I mean, that that house was, was built by the original people, right? It could have only been because that hurricane was licking and this house, the house was not damaged at all so slept for the hurricane and when I woke up my friend said I can't believe you slept for the hurricane I can't believe it we were so scared out of our mind oh my god oh my god and I'm like you know what there's nothing, there's nothing that we can do about that and it's best I go to sleep if the, if it ends for us all or if it ends for me then I'm sleeping I'm not going to endure any pain that's what I was thinking anyway after the hurricane now we go out to kind of look at the damage and it was badly damaged man badly badly damaged a lot of the sea a lot of that which was in the sea kind of just came up into the street it was a bit of a distance as well so these is huge turtles like human size when now dead on their backs and stuff that was that was that was a real sight oddly enough i don't remember when we left so i remember the hurricane I remember going out the following day to see the devastation, but I don't remember how many days after that we left, how we left, but anyway. So my first trip was to the Bahamas and I just thought I'd share that with you. And I went to the Bahamas with my friends, imagine that. Hello. Hello. Hi, can you hear me? I can hear you crystal clear. Can you hear Excellent. me? I can indeed. Fantastic. Woo-hoo. We have liftoff. <laughs> indeed, we connected too. Woo-hoo. Yes, sorry about the delay now. My phone was acting up. Don't worry, everybody gets it. I don't know what it is with this app, right? It, it don't like to play ball, but right now, as a new podcast, world, this is my lifeline. <laughs> So I'm just going to work with it until I, until I find something. But don't tell them that. <laughs> so how are you doing, love? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited and nervous at the same time. <laughs> oh, don't be, don't be. I always feel nervous myself because I feel like, oh, my God, have I even prepared enough? But I'm good. So um, today I am in conversation with Francis. Now, this is how the universe works because I tend to just connect with people on different levels for this podcast. So Francis, <laughs> I actually have not met in the flesh. One day I randomly received a WhatsApp message 
from someone saying, Sean, I'm really sorry, I haven't managed to get back to you. I know, I'm terrible. Like, What's this? I don't know this. And I'm looking at the picture like, I don't know this. <laughs> and I'm racking my brain thinking, which event will I go to? Give up my number. I don't know. <laughs> it must be something. She's cool. I'm like, you know, we clearly know one another somehow. Then it turns out that I'd met her husband at a his mentoring event. Yes. And um, he, I told um, Hotfoot Roams, and he said, Oh, great. My wife works in travel PR. You should connect with her. <laughs> yeah, of course. And then um, Just he made it happen and we made it happen. Yes, we're here now. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah. So today I'm going to pick France's brain about all things kind of travel PR related. So, um, Today's today's podcast, although the whole podcast is about travel people, so don't switch off because you heard something you don't recognize. That's not it. But obviously today I'm 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 wanting to kind of find out a little bit more about things regarding branding and travel influencing and all of those kind of passwords and social media and all of that stuff. And kind of what are some of the things that those who are in the sphere of travel might want to kind of know a little bit more about and kind of be a bit more prepared for. So, Francis. Yes. Give me a little background or give everybody else a little background about who you are. Of course. No problem. So, yep, um, I have been working in travel PR for a number of years now. For like, coming up to about 10 years, I've been working in PR and I've been specialising particularly in travel um, and some of my clients include big aviation clients, cruise clients, ferry clients, um, and destinations. So I've worked in companies between Air France, KLM, as an example, and some you know smaller ones that you know like work with ferries from France to uh, Calais, that sort of thing. So a nice range of clients and tourist boards that are based in Florida, um, and we have clients you know that are based all over the world really every week think of we've got clients there so yeah it's it's been fun and it's you know just been toiling away and learning about the industry and I thought it'd be a nice thing to share some of that knowledge with you yes please yes okay. <laughs> for the average bear mm-hmm. who might actually be listening because you know they just happen to be listening today um can you give like layman's terms as to what PR actually is? So let's just start from that. Space. Okay, so I'll give an example. So for my, my day to day, when I started off, it might be, you know, reading the newspaper and looking at the travel column. So it might be, a, you know, the, um, I'll give an example. So maybe British Airways has launched a new flight to the Maldives or something mm-hmm. like that. Chances are my client could be um, British Airways or it could be the tourist board. And, you know, you're trying to get journalists to go there and write about it and then get in the paper and that's what we call getting coverage for your client so it's basically kind of making noise about your client in the media you know so if you watch something on tv about a travel destination so there's one person's always on tv um a chap called simon reeve you might have seen some some articles or some videos about going to the caribbean for example so you know we would work with a broadcasting company to get him to go to the caribbean you know talk about it review it in a different way and just show it to you know the British public and that make them think wow I want to go there I want to do that it's just kind of inspiring people to to just visit the destination or travel with an airline or stay in a particular hotel that's probably okay. the simplest way to explain it so if you ever read a magazine 
you know, you're thinking, wow, what amazing hotel. Chances are the hotel could be my client or the airline could be a client. And it's just, that's it really. In, okay, cool. To sum it up in really basic terms. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the word branding gets kind of flung around quite a lot in, yes. you know, in millennial lexicon. Yes. Um, agreement there as well (laughs) yeah it does get used a lot and I'm always do you know something thinking oh do I know what it means yes obviously yeah in terms of branding what it might mean is maybe for example you know um one particular hotel brand is might be new and they're trying to get their name out there so they might think of ways to get their brand messaging out there get their brand ethos out there it might be that they have journeys come and stay there they might have influencers come and stay there and then write about it and share about share about their experiences, either in the newspaper, on the radio, on TV, or sometimes in their blog. So mm-hmm. that's quite what some some um, companies tend to do to get their brand and their messaging out there. Okay, yeah. so in this big old world of social media, yes, um, there's a lot of obviously just going back to the branding thing. There's a lot of talk around branding and everybody's got a brand and obviously I want to touch on things like the um sorry travel influence influences yes yes. social media influences but for some reason I kind of want to look at them separately okay but should I or should should one look at them separately what do you mean in terms of looking at the brand yeah yeah and the influencer so for me, I'm trying to think of some influences I work with. I almost think of them, when they, a lot of them, when they start out, they are one. So you might have an influencer who is, you know, sort of just growing with their, with their following, trying to get their messaging out there. So they'll just be themselves blogging about, about the experiences and getting the brand, so the name of their blog, up and running. As time goes by, they might get a lot of, people like me, PR, saying, do you know what, we think you're great, can you review the hotel in Miami? And then they'll get another email saying, can you review an airline going to Malaysia? And they're thinking, I'm so busy, what do I do? So they might double up or team up with some other influencers who can almost wear their brand and be almost like an ambassador for the blog or the company and then go from there. So some influencers get that big, that they become a brand in themselves. But I effectively think of every influencer, every person, is a brand like I'm a brand for myself I'm also a brand for my company so I just I, I see a person as a brand and everything you that you stand for is your brand it's part of your brand if that makes okay. sense yeah yeah that makes sense to me I mean I'm quite selfish with this episode to be honest Francis because I'm I'm here like a student taking Please. very useful notes for thyself oh good good those who are listening, that they will um, take have, take away that which they need and want. Exactly. So, kind of, um, so kind of leaning on on the influencer aspect. Yeah. Tell, tell me about. Let's do it in reverse. Tell okay. me about some of the. I don't want to use the word negative, but some of the kind of unfavorable okay. aspects of kind of influencers at the moment. Sure. Um. I mean, at the moment, there's been a bit of mixed press about influencers. Some people love them, some people don't. And I think it's because some have tarnished the industry, but there's some that are doing some great work. Um, one thing that I like doing is kind of nurturing new influencers who you can see have got that passion, have got that drive. Um, mm-hmm. And I think one thing that I like to see influencers do is, you know, go to come to events. If we say, you know, we have this event coming on, 
if you can, definitely come along. Ask if you could bring a friend, learn, network the room. Because I was looking back at some emails about an influence I've been working with now. And I remember when they first started, they had a very small blog. Um, and, you know, they did all the small jobs, like, you know, maybe just doing a day trip to a spa or afternoon tea. Whereas now, because, you know, they're, they're so trustworthy and they've been working hard, plodding along, they now do trips to Tunisia. They do trips to, you know, America. Like, I think that we did a trip with them recently where they came with us um, to Florida. And they honestly, they produce so much work that I just love. If a client says to me, okay, I'm launching a new product or a new destination, who do I go to? I always go to them first to see if they're available. So it's just a case of nurturing that relationship, you know? And just working hard. I think that's very important. Okay, so um all right, so leaning on something that you just mentioned there where you've talked about kind of nurturing those who are uh, kind of started from the ground up yeah. where their blog was, was small and then they've kind of built themselves up to yeah. to be sort of one of your go-to persons. Yes. <laughs> how how did that happen, for example? Did that did that person, the blogger, did they just kind of have a little blog go in and you happen to see it or they hit you up in social on social media or how did they come it's to your funny, eye? actually, because what I'm thinking of, they actually came as a plus one to an event that we held years ago and we just started talking okay. and then they sent an email back saying, thank you for inviting us. Here's our media pack, which I'll, so I'll, come, I'll come back to media pack later what that is. You know, here's our media pack. It explained a bit about who they were, what they did. And it just went from there. And I said, you know, we're open to any opportunity. Just let us know. And that's the one thing I really liked about them. They weren't, they, you know, they responded to email. They reached out, made that connection with me and with my company. Um, and they, they, you know, they didn't turn the opportunities. Sometimes a lot of influencers might say, you know, I'm a luxury influencer. I only want to stay in the best hotels in the Maldives. If you're starting out, that might not always be possible. You might have yeah. to start off, you know, local, doing the sort of small things, building up your reputation within the industry. So people are like, oh, I worked with her. She's great. She's trustworthy. And sometimes, you know, you know, as PRs, we're working with clients that might not understand the influence of the world. They don't understand what value they get from it because they're thinking, you know, if I get in Daily Mail, that's gets, that gets to millions of people it goes online whereas with a blog you're kind of where does it go who reads it that's what a client's thinking so they're not think that a client's only thinking in terms of revenue so you have to kind yeah. of show them okay if you come if you let me go on your trip this is what you'll get i'll be able to produce images for you create this great blog for you my blog has ten thousand followers or hundred thousand followers you know i've got this link which goes to your website so i engage with my audience i i put it on social media that's what you know you have to kind of sell yourself that way a bit differently to traditional media so sometimes you know if you get on well the PR it makes it easy for them to sell you to their client I've got um influencers that on the average on the on the normal situation my client wouldn't want to work with them because they're seen as a micro influencer but because okay. I, I say to them look this person has delivered for my client other clients several times give them a chance Sometimes PRs are prepared to put their neck out for a really good influencer. And that's how I feel about this particular one. I think I mentioned to you before, um, you know, someone I like working with, hey, dip your toes in. I, I just, I love working oh, yeah. with them. Yeah, yeah. Hey, dip your toes I love working with them. I love working with them. I think 
that's brilliant yeah brilliant and you know just they've really worked they're a couple and they've just worked really hard they're fun their content is engaging and that's the reason why I love working with them as an example okay yeah. cool yeah so, um, talk to me about um sorry I was just making a note for no, my please. personal self I'm sorry I'm being self no don't be sorry <laughs> okay so um talk to me about um what's on trend at the moment oh that's a very actually good no let me go back let me go back hold that question okay <laughs> let me go back so I'm just bleeding out the influencer aspect no problem so where you mentioned um I asked about some of the kind of unfavorable things okay. regarding influencers. And oh, like, no. you, you spotted me not trying to answer that. Go back to that. I'm my journalistic skills, you of see. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. So, some things that I've. Um, you know, I've no, 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 I won't. But something that I've struggled with is when someone's really brand new and they say, you know, they've got hundreds of thousands of blog- bloggers or um, people. Um, that come to their site and it's not true. And we actually do have tools in our industry that can tell us when someone has fake followers. Oh. Yes. So that's one thing that is a bugbear of many people in the industry. People who say that they have thousands of followers and they don't, you know. It can be honest and just say it's growing. It's better to be honest from that front because what happens is if you tarnish yourself with one PR, it gets passed around very quickly. So that's one thing I think is a bugbear for a lot of um, PRs. Sort of almost over-delivering, saying you're going to do this and this and this, and then you don't produce. That can be very, okay. very bad. Just say, okay, you know, for, for this trip, I'll be able to do this amount. And be honest, if, if you think the PR is asking for too much, do say, you know, usually I would not be able to do that. However, for fee, I could. Because, I mean, depending on how good you are and how much value you give to the client, sometimes they are prepared to pay a lot aren't because they're still kind of getting their head around about pay- paying someone to write about it. But okay, mm-hmm. occasionally, if you deliver amazing content, um, you know, clients may be willing to, you know, contribute to that because we understand that you have to make a living as well. So, you know, that's also something people can look into, but definitely just say what you can deliver. You know, if it means there's a phrase that we prefer to use. Maybe it means under-promising and over-delivering. That goes Absolutely. really, really far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And just, okay. yeah, those sorts of things, I think, are things I'd love to see a bit more in the industry. <laughs> okay. So talk to me about what's on trend at the moment. Oh, so things that are on trend. We've seen a lot of um, companies kind of focusing on their wellness activities. Uh, uh, activation wellness is very uh, a massive hot topic kind of finding work-life balance you know that sort of thing is is definitely um still on trend and I've no, we're seeing more millennials sort of flipping on its head saying you know we don't want to have the typical nine to five we want to be able to travel and work work from different locations that's still very much on trend I would say for 2019 I know mean, it's just really early days so I'm, I'm thinking I'm believing that's going to grow a bit more so we'll see that um other things that are on trends I'm seeing a lot of new countries popping up that people didn't really consider before countries such as I'm going to be biased like Ghana yeah, it's, okay, Ga- cool, Ghana's yeah. very hot topic right now yeah that's popped with... up in a few, few feeds yeah. in the last couple couple weeks yeah, yeah it like, has person I'm talking to like yeah I'm going Ghana I'm going yeah. Africa <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so I feel like there's a bit of a 
a shift in that actual you know the, the tourist board must be doing an amazing job with the whole year of return yeah I was gonna ask you that sorry to cut you yeah back. please where do you think that kind of shine has come from or that new light for Ghana for I think Any- a mix of things I think you know the tourist board have probably been doing an amazing job plugging working with you know um people you know PRs in America PRs in the UK to try and get the name out there I think the fact that you know people are very interested in Afrobeats there's a bit of a calling a bit of a turn yes. for yes, you know yes. some African influence and people are thinking well I want to do Africa where is a safe place for me to visit and most of the time people choose countries such as Ghana and West Africa or South Africa or Kenya so I feel like that's probably where it's come from I think give it five, ten years, people will you know, be prepared to go to other places that they wouldn't have considered before as well, which is quite exciting. Any other, any other kind of um, non-typical countries popping up at the moment? Ooh. What, one country that has popped up on my radar, it's been on my radar for about eight months now, and I'm desperately to with them, but I don't know how, is Sao Tome and Principe, I believe. That's because of um, the flight route for, with Flytap. They've recently launched um, flights there from Portugal, but which is very easy Sao to connect to. What's that, my love? Did you say Sao Tome? Sao Tome, okay. in principe, yeah. It's off the west, um, off West Africa. It's like a little island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's incredible from what, the pictures there. And I've seen a lot of journalists write about it of late. And I was wondering why. And I realised, obviously, with the new flights from Lisbon, it makes it a bit more accessible. Okay, that yeah. is that is. Uh, do they speak Portuguese out there? They do, right? I, they do indeed. Yeah. Nice. So I, I feel like so these airlines are making other parts of the world more accessible, which is great. That, that's why I, I I'm a bit of an aviation geek, so I love seeing all these new countries pop up on people's radar. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, what do you feel has truly been done and dusted in the kind of travel sphere, in the travel atmosphere? And social media wise, like okay, it's twenty nineteen. People are used to It's funny, you know. I I think there you you can never do something. How can I put this? Okay, I'll give an example. So I remember there's a time when everyone was writing about India, and I just thought, okay, that's interesting. And I just thought, there's no way they're going to come up with a new angle. And then I read an amazing article about someone looking at the history of tea and how it connects Britain with India, and I just thought wow that's clever like and that's one thing I, I I love about the industry you can you can you can read so many articles about one destination but it's just the way someone's looked at it from a completely different perspective you know and I just thought I've never seen anyone write about the history of tea and why that you know people are going back to India I thought that was quite a clever nice. clever way of looking at it so I think if you are you know if, you, if you're passionate about it you'll find a way to write about about destination or about the product in a, a different way that no one would have thought about. Like, for, for example, Florida, you know, before I had a Florida client, I thought, oh, I don't know. I think Florida, you know, is either going to be Orlando or Miami, but there's so much more to the Florida. You know, you've got places like Tallahassee, Fort Myers and Sanibel. You've got Tampa, places that you don't really think about. So uh-huh. I, think, I think it's possible to look at someone and, and see it kind of from a completely different perspective. You know, even places in the UK, you know, like, for example, right now, Isle of Wight are celebrating the bicentennial of Queen Victoria's birth, stuff oh, like wow. that, you know, just stuff like that. So I think it, it's easy to kind of look at something and be like, OK, it's a bit done. But if you find another angle, you're like, ooh, 
did you know this about this place? Did you know that about this place? And just gives it a bit of gives it a bit of um vitality. I, I think it's a good word to use. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, what are some of the things that you're looking out for? Oh, it's twenty nineteen. It's still very new. The year's still fresh. What are some of the things you're looking out for this year? What am I looking out for? I'm looking for in terms of within the industry or within you know from influencers. Both. Oh, so I love uh, coming across influencers that do amazing video content. A friend recently introduced me to um, two brothers that recently went to Jamaica. And I, again, you know, the whole thing about being done. And these chaps went to Jamaica and they went to visit a maroon community. And I just thought, oh, I don't know that. That's interesting. So it makes me. Because I think I've seen something on YouTube. I don't know if it's the same guys. They're, they're American guys. I can't remember the name. I think I, if I was on my phone, I could find it. Too I'll send it to you afterwards. Frank Brothers? Say again? Right. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They did like, literally like a two-part documentary. Brilliant. Or, you know, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I just thought that's interesting because most people, when you think of Jamaica, you think of all the obvious places like Ochi, you know, Duns River. But that one, I thought, oh, I didn't know that. And obviously coming... You know, recently visiting Ghana, I was able to kind of see similarities between the culture. And I just thought that's beautiful. I really, really like stuff like that. So for me, I think video content can really tell a story. And I think that's important. I feel influencers are great storytellers. So I'm really keen to see them develop that more and tell stories about clients that I have in a new way. And just let my clients think, wow, I have to work with that person. Almost be prepared to part with their money. That's the aim for this year. <laughs> wow okay that's, that's, that's what i want know. yeah <laughs> that's good to know so then how how what's the best way for people to approach travel pr for example yourself or anybody else for that matter mm, okay so there are a few ways that work quite well um every year in november in the uk we have what's called world travel market that's oh, yeah a, that. yeah exactly so you know what it's like it's very yeah. very impressive it's a good way to kind of get your name out there and meet people tip for that is as soon as you get business cards email them with your media packs so they can see okay this person that i'm dealing with has this many followers you know have a look at the client's list or talk to them say we spoke about x client you know this is what i could do for a client looking at what i've seen you do before kind of make everything bespoke and tailored to that person you're speaking to because when it's that way we're more likely to be like oh that was really good i like the fact they Remember our conversation, you know, they followed up. That always works really well. So kind of going to events like World Travel Market. If you fancy something a bit bigger than World Travel Market, there's also ITB in Berlin, which is huge. It's like WTM, World Travel Market, times 100, honestly. It's very impressive. It's, it's massive. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? And ITB, I've done it once, and honestly, I... My tip to anyone is do not put your coat in a cloakroom because you will have, you'll get lost. <laughs> it's massive. A lot of delegates get buggied, um, get buggied around. It's that big. <laughs> it's no, that I can big. That. Well, I did talk about um, World Travel Market a couple of episodes ago, but it was like, it was literally like bigger than a concert. Yeah, it was bigger than, it was a small town. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> It's like the whole world under one roof, isn't it? Literally. (laughs) Yeah, so definitely go to events. I think networking is very important. If you get invited to an event, do say yes if you can go or do say no. Let people know if you can, um, you know, either way. Just RSVP 
when you can follow up with people meet prs meet bloggers make make friends you know in in, in the industry and go along with the people you know they might say actually i'm going to this event can i bring my other blogger friends you know and that's how things can develop honestly that, that's how i've met a lot of bloggers and it's been five years and i still work with them any new client i get i pitch them first <laughs> wow that's fantastic yeah so what are some of the things you really don't like when you're being approached or when you are approached <sighs> come on people do you know what it's weird i genuinely don't mind being approached because i understand it quite quite it can be quite daunting especially if you're breaking out so I tend to kind of just be fair and give everyone a chance um but one thing you know I fenced it very well she said learn to walk we can run like if you have a very small following do not expect to be getting business class flights to I don't know Singapore for example mm-hmm. if you're just starting out like literally just keep working it will come I know it sounds very cheesy but it really will like a lot of these YouTubers you see, I remember when my company started working with them before they blew up. And now you have the likes of Tanya Burr, who is a multimillionaire. I remember when my, when my company worked with her when she just started. I remember it like it was yesterday. Wow. And now they're huge, you know, sensations. So it, it does take time, but it will, it will happen. It will come. Keep working hard and it will. That's just what I can say. Okay, so a random question for me yes. before I continue to ask you more random no, questions. No, go for it. <laughs> I, when I went, just going back to the world travel market, yes. I met uh, a lady, she wasn't yet on social media, unfortunately, so I can't remember her name, and I'm not sure if she's on there now. Okay. But, um, she was a Muslim lady, and she has a family and stuff, and she said that she's actually working within what's known as halal tourism. Amazing. I've never heard that before. Never heard that, but she just kind of talked about um, the that's the kind of trend name in terms of uh, Muslim families tend to be quite large size. Yeah, um, when they are going to whether it's an Airbnb or a hotel, they obviously their halal customs need to be taken care of. Yeah, um, hiring a space. So if they do go to a hotel, more often in her experience, what she's had to do is get two separate rooms mm. because. The families are never, never large enough for their size of family. Yeah. So her thing was to try and, and and kind of promote the halal tourism in line with obviously the large size or larger size of Muslim families. And yeah. I just wanted to know anything about halal travel and kind of are you working on that in any way? So I would love to work on that. No, I don't. And I actually do have um uh how to put like a Muslim clients this is really interesting i know my client does serve halal food on board their flights but i didn't realize it was a, a dedicated group halal tourism that's amazing that's yeah. really interesting because i'm just looking for that one more but I, I i can imagine it's definitely something that's really needed you know because a lot of hotel chains are, do have small rooms so i think it's yeah this is great halal tourism oh, I, get oh, to I love that this is what I mean, because I work, you know, in our industry, because we're so used to working one type of way. I'm mm-hmm. loving, I love hearing these. Like, I love, for example, working more with travel noirs, like seeing more black people do yeah. travel blogs. I love it. I really do, because growing up, you know, I didn't see that. And obviously being a black woman myself, I love seeing more ethnicities do blogs and people talking about their experiences, you know, mm-hmm. talk about their faiths and stuff and how that they incorporate that into their travel, because it isn't, you know, 
as a multicultural society we need to be more aware of and more accommodating to like for example i know a lot a lot of cruise lines for example if it's catered to the asian market they have to have more baths which means having less rooms because they they prefer for wine stand i don't know if it's still true today but they prefer to have a bath as opposed to a shower now as a cruise company having water on a ship adds more weight so a lot of american cruise lines and european ones tend to have more showers because it's easy to kind of get the water flowing and and so forth so I, i know that you know when they're targeting the Asian market, they do have to change their ships slightly. So certain ships are designed more for the Asian market. So that I did know, but I will look into halal tourism because that's I amazing. Never, I never heard of what you just mentioned yeah. either in the Asian market. So that's yeah. quite interesting. Very much so. And I know, you know, with the world changing as it is, a lot of people are, are kind of focusing now more on the Asian, on the Asian um, world and, and traveller. So it'll be interesting to see what gets incorporated from that into everyday travel, you know. Okay, that is quite interesting. Just kind of okay, so just leaning a little bit more on ethnicity. Yeah. What? I just want to ask a random question, obviously, because as a woman, I'm biased. I mean, I don't really have a question (laughs) on the ethnicity bit because we just kind of talked about it. And I thought, oh yeah, that's quite interesting. That's important to me too. I mean, with some of the people that I speak to and have interviewed, um, as a woman, I kind of ask random questions like, "So, what did you do about your hair?" like what's going on with all of that stuff and so those are some of the things that are quite important to me as a traveler Mm. sure that I can get products that I need yeah kind of access to things I know exactly you (laughs) you need to be able to grease your skin no matter where you are I agree completely agree you know grease your skin yep to to grease my hair I need to be able to find some shampoo that works with me yeah it's not you know, not stripping out my scalp. Yeah. <laughs> Those are important things, along with, obviously, I want to take in the history, the culture, yes. and the atmosphere of wherever I land. But those other things are of equal priority, if not more mm. so. Mm. So I've never been, I've not been on a cruise yet. And um, just in terms of, for example, if one is on a cruise ship, does someone have access to things like that? Oh, so I have a cruise client. I'm in terms of the demographic, it's very mixed. Um, in fact, the CEO of or the president of um, the cruise line I work for, I'll say, it's Holland America Line. He is um, a black man, amazing. His name's Orlando Ashford, and the godmother of the new ship is Oprah Winfrey. So for me, as a black woman, I heard that. I just thought, wow, this guy is making a lot of changes. So that was very impressive, and. I feel like the cruise line does, you know, does incorporate, does make, um, does, how to put it, does embrace different nationalities. You know, you've got a lot of Americans on board. And obviously, as I mentioned, the owner, the president is a black man. So he's sort of about the same. But the good thing about it is, you know, when you're going away anywhere, I don't know about you, but I always tend to pack something with me. If I know I'm going for a week, I'll pack accordingly. If you're going for two weeks, I pack accordingly. So... You know, it's and obviously with this, this cruise line, you, you go to the Caribbean. So if you wanted to get your hair braided up from the Caribbean, girl, you can do that. It's, it ain't no problem, you know. But I know what you mean. Like when you go away thinking, oh my gosh, do I have enough, you know, enough cream for my hair, or whatever. But I feel like when you're traveling, you kind of you you just you get on with it, really. You know, you get on with it. You really do. Like if you're going hiking, you know, it's just it is what it is, really. 
Okay. If you if you know what I mean. I hear you totally. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a very good question. So we've kind of touched a little bit on um kind of halal travel the Asian yeah. market and initially when we I suppose when we when I hear influencer, I always kind of think solo. Although we did talk about hey dip your toes in, which are a couple. But what about things around or are you working with any travel influencers whose core is more about family travel? We actually have worked with family tra- um, influencers. What get used to get called in the day, yummy mummies. We've I've worked with them a lot actually with um from my my ferry clients and yeah, it's definitely doable. And I'm loving there's this um new one, this American influencer that I love watch uh, following where she's traveling with her children and she basically teaches them on their travels and I I love that. So yeah, we definitely do work with family influencers. A lot of clients appreciate it if it's part of their selling points for example if you're going to florida obviously florida is predominantly targeting families so uh-huh. for example it would make sense for you as a family writer to or family influencer to say do you know what i want to write more about florida as a destination for families it's something we can work on together and go from there so i think any kind of blog that you have or you know any any audience you have you can find something so if you're solo traveler you can talk about destinations that are great for women or great to go for a weekend trip or something like your family, where to go in the half term, where to go if you have a small budget, where to go on a long vacay, you know, all that sort of stuff is very doable. Okay. So yeah, yeah. definitely find your unique selling point and sell it. That's how I feel. And I, I love working with family travellers for, for some of my clients. And I, I prefer working with solo travellers or young couples for others. You know, it depends on the client that you have. Cool. Yeah. So just going back to what you mentioned earlier, you said that um, this year you're really looking forward to more um, video content and how that's, you know, that's going to be a great selling point for any influencer. But I wanted to ask you what your thoughts and opinions were as you're actually a guest on a podcast. um, How do you feel that podcast kind of fits into the travel sphere and how that may or may not be be a, 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 a useful tool in 2019? Oh, I think it's very useful. Like, I, I love blogs, and a lot of people, you know, it's another form of entertainment. You kind of get inspired that way. Some people are very visual. Some people prefer to hear things. Some people prefer to smell things. It can kind of bring out memories and so forth. But I like podcasts. I can listen to it, go back to it, and think, what did that person say? Where is that? I can make a note of it, go and Google it, and then go that way. I think there's definitely a place for podcasts really I do I really do I I actually listen to them my husband we listen to podcasts quite a bit he listens to them more than I do he's really he's very good I'm not as good as he is he listens to a lot of podcasts and audio books about travel or what have you fab yeah fab okay so I'm doing something right yes so I wanted to ask you just in terms of like your travel um, PR career yes what's been some of your or what's been one of your biggest learning curves? Oh, one of my biggest learning curves is sometimes don't take no for an answer. I remember okay. working with a journalist who told me that the news I had to him was not useful. It was rubbish. Why was I wasting his time? And then the very next day, it was on the front page. <laughs> so wow. some, sometimes you just have to, you know, just be tough. I remember, I remember my first ever time in PR, I called a journalist, it made me cry. And my boss at the time was like, if you can get over this, you'll be great in PR. 
and I've been here for almost 10 years. So I think you do have to have a, a thick skin in the yeah. industry. And I think the same probably applies to influencers more so, especially when you're having people like me saying, no, we don't want to work with you. Sometimes you just have to pick yourself up. And I will honestly say as well, there have been times where I said no to an influencer a year or two later, I've regretted it because now they've blown up and I can't get them to, for love nor money. So, wow. so I, I will say that 100% happens in the industry where at that time they weren't right for a client, but two years on your clients, like I want to work with you, you're thinking you can't afford them now. So, so I will say to influencers, definitely don't take no for an answer. Just keep moving, you know, moving on. There'll be someone who will be actually, you know, you're right for me. Some will see, see your gift, your talent, what you're trying to do and say, I'll give you a try, honestly. Because I mean, I've, I've got some clients who say, no, we only want to work with influencers of 50,000. And then I have an event, they'll talk to a person and then they're telling me, Francis, we want to work with this person. But I'm like, hang on, you said this person's too small for you. Now you want to work with them. So honestly, like don't take no for an answer. But be graceful in it as well. Don't start haranguing them. Be graceful in how you take it. <laughs> no, so tell them about it. <laughs> Listen, well, let me tell well, you. You don't know about me, you know. Let me tell you, you about know my blog. Gonna... Yeah, you're not listing. Maybe not. It's true, because honestly, I've worked with a lot of influencers, and I'm like, darn it, why did we not work with them two years ago? Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. So going back to, I guess, so how much travel do you do for work? So I actually don't do the most of my company. Some people go traveling every other week. I travel, I think the last time I went on a trip, okay, so, okay, that's not fair. I went on two trips in December, but that's, that's not the normal. I, I launched a new ship in December. So we flew to Venice, sailed on the ship around Italy for three days. Just to, we basically, nice. we were like the guinea pigs before the passengers got on. So we were testing everything out. So we had people working around us, but it was beautiful. So we did wow. that, yeah. And then other trips, I go to Florida for one of my clients as well. Just kind of lounge around, kind of hosting journalists. Surprisingly, it's a lot of work. Sometimes when I, when I first get like, oh, I'm going to love this. I'm going to be in another country. But you still have to check your emails. You still have to be, you know, answering yeah, you calls and deadlines. stuff. You still have deadlines. Yeah. So that, that notion of it being, being a holiday is it's not true. Unfortunately, I wish it was. <laughs> but it's work. It's hard work and just in another environment. <laughs> yes. But the thing oh. is, I see, it's, I see it's a blessing to be, you know, in another country. I don't take it that, like, oh, my God, that's so, so tired, so woeful is me. I just think, you know what, I, it's, a, it's a nice perk. So I really can't complain when you have people who are, you know, nine to five at their desk. At least part of my job involves me traveling. So I, I really can't complain. I really Good can't. Good stuff. Good stuff. So for Francis, right? Yes. What is- her dream destination money oh. time commitment no issue where is your dream destination my dream destination oh my goodness you can't do this to me <laughs> <laughs> I you have... can only pick one you know oh my gosh no I can't I honestly literally like oh there's so many places in the world I cannot wait to visit I honestly there's so many places like I would love to go to French Polynesia you know like Tahiti because I think oh, wow. I find that really nice. interesting I love to do more Asia countries. Like I love Japan. I want to do more. Yeah. More. I want to go to South Korea. I want. Honestly, I just love traveling. I really do. I think there's so much you can learn about people from their cultures. And I like speaking like languages. And I feel, you know, traveling to someone else's culture is such a good way to learn and understand 
mm-hmm. something, someone. I honestly, I, I couldn't pick one. Like in, in my household alone, my husband and I represent about four or five countries. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, between the two of us. So I really couldn't pick one. I oh, really, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, that's, that's a really, oh, that's tough. Where would you pick? My dream destination. Yeah. Oh, I know right. <laughs> one of them I've been to. So I always said, if and when I get married, I would like to go to either for my honeymoon to yeah. either the Seychelles or to to um, to Peru. Oh, to wow, nice! Now, I went to Machu Picchu last year. Okay, so I've already done that now. So I guess it would be the Seychelles. I love that. For honeymoon, really, yeah. I wouldn't really go on my own for yeah. myself. Fiji, probably. Oh my gosh, see, this I'm talking about somewhere far out, random, and probably very expensive. Yeah, yeah, Fiji. I would, I would pick Fiji. Oh gosh, yeah. See, you're speaking to my soul right now. <laughs> you really are. Gorgeous blue sea. Yeah, Fiji, definitely. I think for me, it's just, I want to learn more about like you know, there's countries like you know, I'm making where you know, country thinking where is that like Cook Island or Easter Island, all these yeah. sort of places you'd like you're just so far away from I'd love to know more about you. You know, and I love people that's Fijian, so it'd be really good to just go and kind of soak it up and really kind of experience it in the flesh. Exactly. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, actually, yeah, you say my I'll, I'll come with you to Fiji. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> trying to think, yeah. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so, honestly, so many places in the world. There are so, so many, places. but you know, that's, that's our life mission to just yep. encounter them or experience, experience them. Experience them and tell the world about them. That's, that's what I love the most about my job, I think, being able to tell people about a new country or a new product or something that they wouldn't have thought about like before I had a cruise client I was like um I'm not sure I could do cruise like cruise is not for me but I, mm-hmm. I really understand the appeal and I really feel it's an undervalued market so that's my job is to tell people why cruise should be for them or I think cruise is an undervalued market I really do I think people I mean I was guilty of that I was very much like people turn their nose up and thinking oh no I'm above a cruise like it's below me kind of thing. I would never do a cruise. But you see so many countries very quickly to the point where it encourages you to go back again. And that's what I like the most. I've heard people say they did a cruise and they went to, you know, St. Lucia for a day and then they went back there with their family a year later. So, yeah. It gives you a taste of a number of places. Absolutely. In Absolutely. I can't see that as a fail. I think maybe the downside to cruising, and I know that, that they're, they're doing a lot more work on that now, but one of the downsides is the cost. Yeah. I think the price of a cruise can be quite steep. Do you know what? I would have thought that until recently. I think we were doing cruises to the Caribbean for less than £500 a week. Okay. Where so. was I? <laughs> You're not sharing it like that for us. I know. What's going on? See, You're I, not doing I know, and it's just some more PR, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> One week, 500 pounds. Yes, less than 500, 449 to be exact. Listen, that boat would have been lean to the side, full <laughs> to the brim. Yep, this is what I mean. You know, people I'm kind totally of. gobsmacked. But yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
So when's that deal coming back around? Do you know? <laughs> you know what? I'll have a look to see if it's still around, actually. I know they've got some good deals coming for January sales. So you've got a few, about a week left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please share. Definitely. Share the link. Definitely. So, so in your own, um, actually, I'm going to ask a question two-sided. So in your career and in your personal travels, yes. have you had experience the travel fail? Oh, okay. So in my own personal, I think this is because I didn't appreciate the, the beauty of the country. Like with me, I'm quite a natural go, go, go. I'm so city focused that sometimes, you know, when I go somewhere, I'm thinking, okay, I expect my meal to be with me on my, in front of me in five minutes or 10 minutes. Whereas some countries you go to, the culture is very much like, you know, we take our time, we'll do it properly. Just enjoy the scene, enjoy your company as opposed to getting things very quickly. It's always been amazing, but I think I'm so focused on the service being quick that I miss everything else. Mm. So I think it's more, I would say that's a a fail, but on my part, you know, not appreciating that I can't take my London style with me to an African country or to an Asian country, you know? And I think that sometimes you need to let it go. Yeah, I have seen a lot of people kind of take their their home... when they've gone to South America or to the parts of Caribbean. Oh my like, goodness, you can't do that. You can't do that, man. You ruin your own vacation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It and I think, yeah. It don't work. Everywhere is not your house. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I would say. Do you say that that's something you've experienced both in work and on your in your personal travels Ooh. as well? No, per- I would say only my personal travels. I think in my work, because I'm kind of in that sort of, I'm hosting, I need to make sure I'm in control of everything. Even if something isn't going right, I need to make it just look like it is going right. So I try not to let things like that phase me. I just, you know, if something was not going right, I'll find a way to kind of divert people's like, attention away from it. I okay. think as a PR, you kind of learn to be the gatekeeper of of that sort of stuff. And you just need to keep going through and just be... And, a professional at all times so I, I at work I don't think I've noticed it like that I think there's only one PR fail but it wasn't um a, a work fail but it wasn't intentional when we were launching a ship due to um some technical difficulty, difficulties we weren't able to go to Croatia so we had to go to another part of um Italy instead but the way the client and the company handled it I was so impressed because everyone was thinking, oh, my God, what are we going to do when we get there? But went to another part of Italy, Taormina, which was beautiful. And in a way, it was a blessing in disguise because that's somewhere that I've never been to or somewhere uh-huh. that I would have never thought to go to. And now it's made me think, OK, I actually want to go to Sicily and do more parts of that, that area because of something that happened that went wrong in a way. But it turned out beautiful in the end. Fab. Yeah. <laughs> so... So what's your bucket list activity when it comes to travel? What's the activity that, you know, I haven't done that yet. It's on the bucket list. When I, when I ever get to such and such. Okay, so there are quite a few. <laughs> there me, are, give me a there top are three. quite a few. Okay, so for top me, five, I five, would then. love to bund, um, uh, skydive out of a plane in, anywhere in the world. I don't mind. Um, I'd love to do the Great Wall of China. Been, yeah I've not done that before my sisters have all done it and they loved it one of my youngest my youngest sister lived in China for a year and she loved it so I feel like I need to do more um more activities and learn more about China 
So I'll, I'll definitely do that. And my third, ooh, what have I not done? That's a really difficult one. I'm going to keep it at two because if I give three, I'm going to be thinking, oh, I missed that one, I missed that one. Whereas if I give two, that will give me opportunity to think about the third one, knowing that I'll never fill it. Well, those are two good gems. Though, so. I too would like to skydive, parachute jump. Yeah, how'd you do I, it? I, I mean, when I get to the edge, I think I would just pass out. I don't know how it's really going to work, but I would love to do that. Do it. Actually, if what you should do, there's um, a place in Milton Keynes where you can do indoor skydiving. And you can yes, practice I there. I have seen that. I have seen that, yeah. yeah. Practice there and then, you know, that that just help you psych up yourself when it comes to the real thing that's a good one actually yeah i might need to check that out in advance definitely it's worth it oh oh francis it's been great talking to you yeah thank you so much for having me on your on your podcast you're welcome where can people find you so they can find me on my instagram and i am at franny underscore shows that's Franny, F-R-A-N-N-Y, underscore, S-H-O, Franny Show. Franny Show. Yeah, Ooh, that's fun. me. <laughs> cool, follow Franny underscore show on Instagram. Yes. And um, do you take messages? You take DMs? You I do DMs? indeed. I will indeed. I'll, you know, okay. anyone who wants to know anything about the industry, feel free to message me and I can put in the right direction. Definitely not a problem. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank Great. you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really man, it's been a it. blast. It thank you. Been. I've learned a lot. I've made plenty of notes here. So oh, I do good. promise to post um, the notes up on with the episode. I, I, I'm going to share my notes and stuff. But oh, yeah. lovely. Great. That was, that was Thanks. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate You're it. Okay. All right. That's cool. Thank you. Bye. That's the end, people, of another episode of the Hotfoot Rums podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. You could have been anywhere else, but you decided to spend your last hour and a half with moi. Um, thanks again to my guest. Please follow her, Frances, and make sure you follow me. Gosh, I am at Hotfoot Rums on Instagram and on Twitter. I really need to start tweeting really more. Um, Yeah, I will do. And yeah, follow me on Instagram. The blog is out. Did I say the blog is out? The blog is out. 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 So check out the uh, blog post. I put a blog post up about my trip to the... A beef circle festival which took place in May. Um to me ages to write that blog. I don't know why. The blog I wrote, oh anyway, it took it didn't take long to write the blog, it just took long to put it together. But um I'm getting I'm getting there, people. Don't worry, I'm gonna whiz them out back to back soon, soon, soon. I was having some technical problems with the site, yeah. So check out my blog site which is hotfootrooms.com, blog post. still under construction-y kind of, but you can go into it and stuff, pictures, blog, 
Um, you can get the episodes of the podcast. And then there's going to be much more stuff going up on the blog. Hot Foot Rums merch. Yes, man, I have merch coming soon. Don't worry, don't worry. And some other bits and bobs, some other writing that I'll be sharing on there too. But the blog is up. It's hotfootrums.com. Don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe. Give me feedback for the podcast um, and the blog too. Um, Big up to everybody that gives me feedback. Um, I want you to put feedback on the on the platform, because I don't want to just blow my own trumpet, I mean, I can, that's easy peasy, but it'd be nice if people can hear from you about what you think about the podcast and such like, so anyway, um, it's been good people, I'll see you soon. Those who roam are not always lost, keep roaming people.